With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, Patrick Connor here and welcome to the Knuckles and Gloves podcast. I'm here with my usual pal, Aris Pina, CompuBox operator and fellow fight history file guy. But we're also here with a very, very special guest, our friend, Lily Ulua. Lily, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Definitely was looking forward to this. We've been talking about actually having you on uh I don't remember what fight it was for. We were going to ask you on, but then when I went to go ask you, you were like at the fights and I was like, oh, well, <laughs> then we're not going to yeah, bother Lily. But regardless, you know, it, thanks. It's really appreciate you being being here. And we also wanted to get some perspective from you because you were at the Andy Ruiz Jr. versus Luis Ortiz fight this past weekend in L.A. So wanted to ask you how that atmosphere was and how everything how everything's going. Yeah, it was um, early on, you know, I think because there was a big Mexican crowd there for Andy, there was definitely Team Gordito there, full blast. Like, all the Gorditos were there with their Andy Ruiz shirt. It, it was a different kind of vibe because you know that, you know, the Mexican presence is, is big for Andy. But, you know, Mexicans are late to everything. So it was a very typical L.A. card where if it's not at the, you know, stuff up, now it's called the Dignity or whatever. Now, you know, like their people get there super early, but at, at the Staples Center, there wasn't that many people up until the Coman, which was uh, Isa Cruz, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there was some more people for Abner Mattis, but it looked kind of emptyish. And then, it, you know, once we got to the Abner Mattis, to the Isa Cruz, to the main event, then it was, um, you know, everybody was full blast. There's there's fights in the stands. There was about three fights. It was back, you know, the world is healing, boxing is back. It felt like, okay, like people are, are getting back to normal. So well, the atmosphere was pretty cool and a lot of chanting, but there was some booing like in every other card where there's Mexican crowd involved. There was some booing too <laughs> for every card. Except nature, Isaac. Except that's Isaac. the true nature is healing that Mexican mm -hmm. our Mexican pals are booing something at the at the fight cards. <laughs> Eris, yeah, I was gonna say, dude, what what did you think? Um, of the card in general, yeah, um, it was entertaining. I mean, I told you beforehand, I had to catch up on it because I actually fell asleep. I planned on taking a nap before the card, um, fell asleep around 8 p.m. and woke up at 1 a.m. So, oh no, <laughs> what <laughs> happens? Drover washed, yeah. I mean, you know, washed up exactly, but I've caught up on it since then, and it was, it was fun for what it was, man. The Ruiz fight, um, I thought it, I thought it was gonna be more of a banger than what it ended up being but and still for what it for what it was it was um it was entertaining you know ortiz um for as old as he is he's still skilled and he still you know can hold himself to a high level so he was able to do that and um ruiz was able to um i mean he did what he was able to do i wish he was a little bit more um active in the fight but he scored in knockdowns he scored a dominant decision and 
onward and upward. And um, yeah, like Lily said, I liked about the atmosphere. It seemed well. Ruiz is very popular. He's um, and he seems to be in a good place mentally, which is good considering things that was going on with him and all that. So I'm happy to see that with him. As far as the rest of the card, yeah, you know, PBC always puts on good good shows. I can't complain in terms of that. Um, not sure if it was worthy of the price tag that they placed on it for pay-per-view, but that's a whole other issue, you know what I mean? But I mean, all in all, it, it was it was a fine show, and I'm usually I'm usually satisfied with them. I don't you know have any type of beef or whatever with PBC, so it was cool. Yeah, it was. Um, I I think that they overall have done a pretty good job of tight matchmaking and doing a, a good job of understanding which fighters to put together. And uh, sometimes I'll look at the cards and I'm like, it just doesn't even look good or I don't know who this is or something like that, but then it winds up being competitive. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the, the pleasant surprise. I don't want to make any like, you know, ridiculous blanket statements, but that happens a lot with PBC. I feel like, um, and that's kind of what we got on the card up and down, but that main event. Yeah. I was hoping for a little more action. You get two big fighters like that. You're hoping for a little bit more, just a little bit more action. That's all. And so I guess that's what you would expect from Luis Ortiz. That's kind of his style. You would think that the less action there is, the more it would favor him. And that was kind of the case. The more the pace slowed down, the more he was slowing it down. But also, it's just really frustrating to watch Andy Ruiz because he opens up and you're like, whoa. Like, you know, he's punching in combination. He's got fast hands. Um, he's got a good chin and he doesn't react poorly to getting punches punched or anything. It's, it's just that like, I, he just stops. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. He didn't commit. It was very, very frustrating for me because like you mentioned, like I was really excited when this card got announced and, you know, I was like, Oh, Andy and, you know, King Kong, they both got, it's kind of like, you know, they better do it or they might as well just be the gatekeeper at this point. Like they had a lot, it was a lot at stake, but it was a little underwhelming. You know, I, I felt like Andy didn't commit. Like you already dropped the dude. I, I love King Kong, but he doesn't have any punch resistance anymore. His legs fold at like any given punch, you know, a decent punch puts him down. So I'm like, maybe Andy really respected Ortiz's power. So where he's like, I'm not going to overly commit to actually like going on the attack. But also just felt like, you know, maybe I'm being too harsh. And they, this card, like I mentioned, has they, they have a lot to lose if they don't win, you know, the pre-elimination or whatever for the WBC. So it's like, okay, I get it. They're both kind of like iffy because they don't want to lose. But also I felt like with a heavyweight card, I was expecting like more action too. I mean, not like Chocolatito Estrada. I'm not expecting them to go all like that. But I did expect at least a little bit more action and, and especially from Andy. It's it's kind of frustrating because he has extremely fast hands. He knows how to, I mean, he boxes well. He punches in combination really well. And just his general know-how kind of puts him ahead of the pack when it comes to the heavyweight division, especially speed-wise. So mm -hmm. it's like, and then he just has these lows where he gets out boxed. And then, you know, he ends up maybe losing a close decision like he did with Parker way back when, um, how he got out boxed completely in the Wilder fight, but that, not the Wilder fight, excuse me, um, second Joshua fight, but that was also too, because he came in extremely obese. Yeah. But then in this fight, it's like, if he had really stepped up the gas, there's a good chance he might've stopped Ortiz because like yeah. you said, Ortiz's legs were just, you know, they're, they're on the back nine. He's, he's cooked. And anytime he really stepped it up, he had Ortiz kind of wobbling, you know, and I'm feeling a certain type of way, but then like, 
he would just, you know, he said he would just back up. And it's like, he make a fight closer to me to be, you score three knockdowns and you only won, and you only won a fight by two or three points. That's kind of telling, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And Luis Ortiz has that pedigree. It's not like he's some bum. It's not like he's some Ooh, dude no. who's can't I fight. I love King Kong. <laughs> he's got, he's got a lot of skill. He has a really good amateur pedigree. Uh, and he can punch. He's not he's not just some guy who can't do anything in there. So, yeah, I, I, I get it, too. You know, you have to be careful. He couldn't just Andy Ruiz couldn't just go in waiting in there. But well, there is empty. I get it. But. but there is like a middle ground. You know, there's a middle ground between going all out and just like, I'm going to get knocked out if I'm not knocking this guy out or something. And then just kind of laying back for several rounds in a row, which is what he did. So, I mean, it was just watching that was kind of frustrating. And you get, and at least I get the feeling, I feel like a lot of people also felt this too, that against other fighters, that ain't going to cut it. You know, that's against somebody who's more active, somebody who can take his punches, you know, that's not going to cut it, you know. He's uh, too passive. Yeah, like he needs to really get in there and and try to change his, his approach because with, you know, it's not like King Kong really adapted either he didn't really start changing his game plan so it was like kind of the same fight the whole way through and neither of them made any like changes to where it improved their specific game plan so i don't think that's gonna fly with anybody else like you mentioned and and i feel like that joshua victory as much as it made history it's kind of aging poorly because of joshua's defeats and him getting hurt by pavekian him getting hurt by um white at one point right like so it's like it's like damn yeah you made history and that was probably one of the happiest days of my life but it's like is is it really aging well though you know like it's like hmm i don't know and like and like you know i just mentioned for the second one that was mostly andy being overweight and unprepared more than you know Joshua executing yeah, his plan AJ properly. Looked, you know? AJ looks scared. He has a jab, the but he looks time. scared. Exactly. He looked scared to engage. And he was lucky enough that the jab alone kept Andy from engaging. So it's like, uh, you know, like against an Usyk, against a Wilder. Your Wilder, you know, I know he, his mental state, I don't know where it might be at. Seems like he's good too. But <clears throat> a single punch from Wilder and Andy is out on the floor. So it's just like yeah, he who, can't be passive in that fight. Yeah. I can just see Wilder. Who do you guys think? You know, do you guys think that he beats anybody else at heavyweight at the top, Andy, or do you guys think he's just like kind of like a a good entertaining fight, but not really there? I mean, I think he proved in the first Joshua fight that, like, again, the the beauty of heavyweight boxing is that anything can actually happen, mm-hmm. even when it's not supposed to. Like, um, even if the upset doesn't happen, like when Burt Cooper almost knocked out Evander Holyfield in 91, that was like, you know, it's, it's the beauty of it. If a guy can punch and he has hits really hard and as good as you can take a shot, unless you're like Oliver McCall, somebody can get hurt. And Ruiz, like we talked about, he has the fast hands and he has good enough skills that if he really lets it go and like commits, he has a good chance against any of those guys with the exception of maybe, I would say, Fury or probably Usyk in terms of all-out skill, but I think he would have a good chance against Wilder if he actually really tried to, you know what I mean? But if he plays the passive game and goes through lulls like he did against Ortiz this weekend, well, at some point exactly. he's going to be stretched. But I think that would be his best option. If you're going to go against the top guys, I think Wilder is the best, um, his, his best shot. And it looks like that fight might happen. So, Yeah, it's a makeable fight. It's a fight that makes sense. It's a fight that would probably be fun. Um, at least on some level, I don't like how passive Andy was, but at the very least, Deontay Wilder's got that kind of power that would possibly keep him on his toes and make and him. And Wilder's not Mr. Activity himself either. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's not like a swarming. 
you know, or either. But it's one at a time. I don't think I've ever seen Walter throw a combination. It's like one at a time. When he has a guy hurt, then he starts the windmill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The gifts are the gifts were they're plentiful. They were fantastic for a bit. He breaks out into a weird like jig right afterwards. You know what I mean? The stink. No, that was also good too. Yeah, that was good too. I mean, he's good. No, I love Wilder. He's entertaining to watch. Mm -hmm. But. No, I mean, I, I do, I do agree. I tend to agree. I think that it, it's, it's tough to make a case for Andy Ruiz against a lot of other top heavyweights. Um, like I said on our preview, uh, it's difficult to take him serious when I, he looked better physically. He looked better, but he didn't look like really good. <laughs> I mean, I, I hesitate to like start nitpicking and shit. I'm not like the fucking bastion of health and shit here, but it's just that he, you know, I'm not a professional fighter and he is. And so to see that like he's coming in uh not really having lost much weight, he clearly looks better. But I just like I said on the preview that we did last week, um I feel like if you're in the gym that much, there's almost just no way that you could look like that, that there's still something like missing, still something lacking that he's like not going on some days or some shit. I don't know. I mean, I know he works hard, not trying to nitpick too much, but I feel like there's, there's something still there. And so I'd like, I just. You're talking about Andy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, I used to always see Andy actually messaged me back when I had like my boxing page on Instagram telling me to like promote, and try to push Eddie to like make the Joshua fight or whatever. But he, I know him because I used to go to that gym when he where he trained and and Manny Robles was his trainer, right? And Estrellita. And I remember when the rematch happened was gonna happen. They took him to to well, like they took him to Alara so that supposedly to not have distractions here. But then he's a celebrity in Mexico, so the president wanted to see him. The Chivas team in Guadalajara was having him all the time. Atla, all these politicians celebrities were just inviting him over places right and you know they couldn't contain him so they you know when he came back they're like okay come to the gym and then he wouldn't show up and Estrellita told me that instead of he wouldn't show up and he would just send them a video of him running in his backyard saying I'm working out some Chavez Jr. type shit yeah like and and that's when they told me they're like whoa they're like we were like just what do we do because we can't make him come to the gym and he had just bought that mansion out in like the LA area and the gym is here in Norwalk. So the, he, they're like, we can't make him come and, and we have other fighters, so we can't just go to him all day. Like, it's just not going to work. And, and yeah, he would just send them videos of like, you know, him running and claiming he's working out. And, you know, now he has a new trainer. He's not with Eddie anymore or he's going to come back. I don't know what's up with that. But it does seem like kind of like a little bit of a commitment issue. And it's I, I hesitate to like talk a lot of shit because I know that a lot of hardcore boxing people don't like to hear fans do that when it comes to like questioning how hard fighters are working. I get it, but I just have a difficult time with that, with the physique. And so I feel like he, there's a little bit more there that he could be giving. And it seems as though during the fight, there's more that he could be giving too. I think, man, I just want to see more during his fight. Like, I, don't, I mean, I don't ever think he's going to end up looking like, you know, Ken Norton or anything like that in terms of body, but I, I agree that he can still work and there's still and there's still work to be done there. And I just don't think as much as he's like making progress, it seems to be in a, in a much better place than where he was, I guess, over a year ago mm -hmm. or so. Um, 
there's still more improvements to be made. Like I think he's still in like um, an in-between place, like you said, Lily, about his, his trainer, because I'm not sure who he's training with right now, but like you said, he was with Robles before. He said, yeah, I want to work with him again eventually one day. There's still just question marks. Who knows where he's going to go? Mm-hmm. And if he just gets some stability and someone that can really get into his ass and just like really somehow just click with him where he actually, you know, um, work like works well with somebody as opposed to kind of clashing with him or just, you know, wanders away or something, then I think his true potential could come out. But it's just something that's just lacking right there that's going to really, you know, take him to that level, I think. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, you know, all three of us to varying degrees have been open about our mental health on social media and stuff like that. Um, but also the environment in boxing is changing for that too. And Andy Ruiz is one of the fighters who better or worse is also kind of entering that conversation and had talked about his own struggles leading up to this fight. And afterwards, um, I mean, I don't know necessarily what y'all need to say about it or anything like that, but it's just that I, I do think that it's an, an important thing to for him to kind of help bring into the conversation and also kind of ties into what you were saying, Lily, about, you know, if he truly was working through depression or the anxiety or both of having won that fight and then all of a sudden rising to kind of fame where before he was just kind of riding along, um. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see how that could be the case. Yeah, to me, it almost seems like, you know, and, and this is something that I've been wanting to write about, but I, I don't because I'm like, oh, the boxing world's fucking shit. So I'm not even going to touch that kind of warns. But, you know, it's all connected. The The mental health issue with fighters specifically, trying to live up to the standard, not only the standard that men are put up, you know, like they have to be the providers, they have to be like this big old thing be impressive now imagine throwing a fighter in there not only comparing yourself to the greatest but to the people all over your weight class people in other weight classes the past fighters so there's a lot that comes with that and then you know throw in the mexican machismo in there where it's like ah you know most mexican men are like especially older like ah you know just work out you're gonna be fine and they're not really taking that into consideration so it could be a thing you know especially with andy whose parents you know came here and then he fought for Mexico. So it's all the, in the Olympics. So it's this, all these things merged in together where it could definitely take a toll on your mental health. But I do think there was maybe a mix of that, but also kind of like you mentioned, the, the Joshua opportunity came to him in the silver platter. He didn't really, maybe he did believe he could win, but like, I don't think he expected, he thought about it much past the victory and the level of fame he got and the level of recognition. I think for the second fight, he was like, well, whatever, I already have, like another couple million guaranteed. So what the hell, you know? So, or uh, Josh is going to be mentally unready. He's going to be dealing with his own demons. So I got it type of shit, you know? So I think it was both, a little bit of both for him. Yeah, he definitely came in way overconfident. Oh yeah. Like it was, it was absurd. And if he had come in in any type of decent shape, like you both alluded to, there's a good chance that he had, he probably would could have done something because Joshua mm-hmm. did look kind of petrified and yep. just unsure of himself. And the few times that Andy was able to waddle over to him and land a punch or two. <laughs> um, it's true. You know, Joshua did like affect me. You saw the face on him. He was like, Ooh, you know, and get all just like, he started getting flashbacks to MSG that night. And, um, but I think, you know, the, it's also the shock of like, how a lot of fighters have always said, you know, how we talked about Pat on the, on the Davey Moore podcast, 
obviously this is not to the same degree, but like fighters realize how much their stock has dropped sometimes on what happens after the big loss. Like, you know, you're not on top anymore. Like Ruiz went from just making minimal money as a popular heavyweight, but, but that wasn't really, you know, something that you can like, you can say you're like really making it as opposed to all of a sudden becoming the man of the world. You know what I mean? Now he's on all these different television things. You know what I mean? Snickers wants to endorse him for this and that. He's going around. He's buying this uh, beautiful cars. He's going to buy a big-ass mansion. Like, he's living. I get it. I'm sure all of us would probably do the same thing because yeah. <laughs> we've never, like, you know, never able to, like, you just go from zero to a million. You know yeah, I, mean? I probably wouldn't even have gotten the second fight. I would have been like, no, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Fuck this. I'm but, quitting on top. After that, now he's, you know, he loses that fight. He comes in grossly out of shape. And also, too, I think you got to throw in the social media aspect. Because back in the day when fighters didn't really at, like, I don't know if they would, obviously you'd get hate mail and you get other stuff like that, but you didn't have to get the constant 24-7 people having access to, to be able to barrage you all the time. You That's know? true. And they have to deal with this. Like, and you know, the barrage that Ruiz was getting from everybody left and right all over the world talking all kinds of shit, the DMs he was getting from IG, from Twitter, from this, from that. God knows what, man. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's, it is tiring. And that's why a lot of fighters, they probably have to deal constantly, not only with that stuff, but deal with the online bullshit too. And it's just, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm happy that the conversation has actually been opened up though. Um, because totally. like like you said, Lily, um, boxing is so male oriented and in a lot of ways, just really for the worse. And a lot of the worst as worst aspects of that kind of stuff, you know, toxic masculinity, if you want to call it that, are really manifested in boxing. So, and one of the ways that it's manifested is the refusal to address what's going on in fighters' heads, both you know, literally in their fucking brains, and also their psyche and how they're affected, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, that's. I know it's like a really soft conversation to have. Nobody wants to have it, but it's one that needs to be had one way or the other. So I'm happy that they Especially are. Especially when you got knuckleheads on Twitter talking about, well, back in the day, you think Touch Record mm -hmm. was so and so to talk about that? Like, fuck you talking about, man? Like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These, these people like didn't even like dining with people of a different color. Okay. So, like, get the fuck out of here with that yeah. shit. But, but yeah, you know, um, but back to the fight, though, another thing that I, the last thing I would really uh, was thinking to bring up was what Luis Ortiz had said in his post-fight interview. Oh <laughs> I felt kind of bad for him because the guy was like, you know, they're talking to him. He's like, man, come on. You know, I gave you guys a war. Like that was crazy. And I was like, Ooh, I know you got up from some knockdowns, buddy. That's great. But bro, you got knocked around and you were basically yeah. lucky that the other guy didn't do shit. You know, I, I felt kind of bad because the guy's like 43 or whatever old he is. And anyway, you know, I, I would like to see the guy retire, but it really did not sound like he's going to be retiring. Nah, I don't, I don't think so. I think he was proud he's of it. He's going to get like dropped really bad and then retire, I feel like. He's gonna get I, I was rooting for him. Like I was rooting for him because I was like, well, Andy already had his day in the sun. And Andy's younger. Like, I feel like Andy, he didn't know how to deal with the victory. So he had his chance. Like, King Kong's like, oh, man, like, poor Cuban guy. His daughter's sick. Like, he got, you know, duped out of a Joshua fight with Eddie Hearn. Like, it, he's just been through a lot of shit. And I'm like, man, like, I at least want him to at least become, like, some sort of champion. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen now at all. And I do wish he could retire, too. But I think he's going to get flatlined and then, you know, he'll 
finally say this it. But I mean, who like you got to think because he's in the PBC realm and they don't really. And that's the thing that stinks because there's so many different heavyweights out there, not even elite guys, so to speak, that would make for really fun fights. You know what I mean? You got um, Hergovich and Zang, for instance, um, who just had a really entertaining fight. Um, <clears throat> uh, what was it? Big Baby Anderson oh, yeah. from top rank, who's a prospect who would love to, I would love to see him matched up with some mm -hmm. of these guys. Chisora is out there still around, you know the uh, caveman that he is um and so there's there's all these guys but they can't fight each other because they're all on different like yeah. you know promotional Live, yeah. <laughs> so like i wonder shit. you know who else is there for Ortiz to fight because it's honestly he's not gonna fight wilder again he just lost to, to ruiz and i can't think of off the top of my head like, what other pbc heavyweights are on the rise unless i'm missing somebody Milwaukee or whatever his name is the one that looks like a big big bald baby maybe oh, he yeah. can fight ortiz <laughs> Yeah, and a lose that had to be definitely a loser leaves town match because then he just get pummeled. Well, I mean, you know, I, Luis Ortiz is kind of at that point, unfortunately. I mean, I'd I'd like to see the guy get a get a big win too, but it doesn't really seem like it's on the cards. Um, it did seem though, like at Staples, whatever the fuck that place is called now, that they did seem like they were fairly pumped for Isak Cruz. I mean, they did seem like they were, they were pretty up. So I will say apart from that fight, which was fairly short, another thing, and I'm not trying to turn this into like, you know, me slapping PBC's back all day, but um, another thing that I think that they've done really well. And Isak Cruz is a prime example of that is they've been able to kind of take some of these fights that have turned into like almost accidentally competitive fights like tank versus cruise where a lot of people going in were i'm not saying they were right but they were like we don't know who the hell this guy isaac cruise is and then he winds up doing really well against tank and i think pbc saw that and was like we got a fucking opportunity here you know we, we can bank him separately and we don't have to go well let's do the rematch 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 and we can kind of have our own star over here and they've done a pretty good job of doing that i think the, it's a different demographic <clears throat> too you know like exactly much different demographics so now you have fans tuning in from two different demographics and I, that's genius from people from a business standpoint yeah it's really smart the only kind of potential backfire here is that after the fight after he saw cruz scores a fairly quick second round knockout of eduardo ramirez he comes up and says i want that rematch and tank's like but no you're not sticking to the script buddy what are you doing that's kind of what it looked like to me, but he saw Cruz is like, no, fuck that. I want that rematch. So, you know, it's, it's cool to see a, a fighter who's clearly, he knows what he wants. He fights pretty much one way, but it's exciting. Uh, you know, he's a fun fighter to watch and he's obviously pretty good. So count me in, dude. I'm in on that pit bull train. He's a beast, man. And he can clearly could take a punch because tank was landing some bombs that yeah. I a lot of guys before that. And, Cruz walked right back and gave him some heat back. So, yeah. One of those fights that afterwards, you can imagine Tank was probably saying, ain't going to be no rematch, like Apollo Creed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, he said, he's like, oh, he, you got to fight Roly. And it's like, really? You want him to fight Roly? Like, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I would, wa yeah. I would watch Rowley that. Too, I would watch that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, don't I'm get like, me wrong. It's a yeah, fine fight. But, but why is that the gatekeeping fight? That doesn't yeah. make sense. But whatever you know i i get it you know what i'm seeing from a from a business standpoint you don't want to throw them back in against each other right away because then one's going to lose and it's then you've lost that you've okay. built it up so i i understand 
but pretty soon, I would guess sooner rather than later, people are also going to agree that that's the fight they want. What do you guys think of uh, Raya Valenzuela losing? He's uh, with the Benavides team. He got upset by the late replacement opponent. And I called that because I'm like, this motherfucker has like most, he has one loss, but he has mostly knockouts. I'm like, I say that shit all I'm the like, time. Rayo's defense has been, has been sus since like the first time. You he's never like, you know, take that late replacement so with the I'm high like, knockouts. Huh? I mm -mm. literally turn around. I told my friend, I'm like, I have no idea he got a late replacement. I'm like, watch, he's going to, he's going to lose. And when it happened, he's like, oh my God. He's like, you called it. I'm like, yeah, because you, you see this guy who has, what, yeah, he has a lot, but mostly knockouts against the you know an up and comer who has kind of like kind of sus defense. I'm like, he's gonna get got. I'm like, he's he's gonna get got because he's gonna want to sit there and and trade and try to look good for the crowd, right? And he's gonna get got, and that's exactly what happened. And I was like, oh my god, poor kid. I felt bad for him, but I'm like, oh, you know, hopefully he learns from it and blah blah blah. It is a learning experience. They're young enough mm -hmm. to bounce back from it. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's something that I always mostly kind of like somewhat jokingly say, but it's like kind of true because there's so many examples. Usually I say don't ever go up against like a Colombian or like a South American yeah. dude with like a high knockout percentage, and you, but there's like no video or something, you know, like don't ever do that. But just in general, just don't take on a late replacement that's got like a 98% knockout percentage or something, you know, don't do that. And, you know, but jokes aside, um, his his defense was not good. He was offensive minded and just thinking, I guess, that he could bomb uh Del Santos out of there. And that was not the case because dude got hammered. And from that first knockdown, you could tell he was yeah. pretty badly wobbled. Like he was he was out, but he had enough power to <laughs> I mean it turned into a firefight. That was a really fun little uh three-round fight. Mm -hmm. It was really fun. Yeah. You know, it's one of those type of things, like you said, when you take on a guy at the last minute that has like extreme knockout, like a crazy like knockout percentage, even if it's really suspect because there's no footage out there, you're taking a big risk because you don't know what you're getting yourself into with a guy like that. They can either suck and all the guys he beat were a bunch of cream puffs and he can't take a punch himself, which is what you're kind of banking on. Um, because a lot of those records are inflated and built up like that. But sometimes when you roll the dice and it's like playing Russian roulette, you yeah. catch that bullet, you know what I mean? And yep. that's what happens. Like, it's like you mentioned, um, that happened with a guy like, um, uh, with Epi Mendoza years ago with, um, when he fought Tokumbo Elijah Day. Yeah, Tokumbo Elijah Day. Yeah, yeah. It hit him so hard, the poor guy broke his ankle from it. Yep. Um, and then, you know, just other examples, like when Amir Khan fought Brady Prescott and then, you know, you see his head is laying there and he's like looking up and his eyes oh, are just open and has no idea what's going on in the world. So like, <laughs> it, it, it's those type of, it's those type of guys. Like when you come in, I'm not, I don't know if Prescott was the last bit of replacement, but like when you fight those type of, it's always a risk. And sometimes when you roll the dice and that happens, you know what I mean? You, you weren't prepared for it. You learn, it's, it's a learning, it's a learning experience. And you try to build from it. This isn't the end of his career. It's going to take a lot to build from it. A lot of people, especially in this era, like to shit on this type of thing and be like, oh, well, can't come back from something like this, man. You know, you got knocked out so badly. That's yeah, a loss is everything. Yeah, loss is everything. Oh, God. No, no, no. He's still young. <clears throat> right? And you watch it. You learn from this. Eventually, I'm sure he's going to want to rematch. And then, like you said, it was a really uh, fiery fight for as long as it lasted. He didn't get blasted in like 20 seconds. So, yeah, I'm sure down the line, there'll be a rematch or something to go on from that. Hopefully, at least. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you something. You know who's sleeping on the couch for the next week is Abner Matis. Hmm. His wife looked pissed, dude. 
I don't know if they were showing that on like the jumbotron or the big screen or whatever. In they the... were. Yeah. Yeah, dude, she looked oh, mad oh. because uh, they were saying during the broadcast that she apparently didn't even know that he was really coming back, that she thought it was a joke or that it was like he was just training for fun. Oh, shit. And then they announced the fight, which was that shit was like two weeks ago, dude, that they like just barely announced that. And uh, yeah, so apparently she didn't know and they announced it and he went in there to get a draw and he got I mean, I won't I don't say he got beaten up, but he got hit pretty good. I mean, he got punched a lot. And I have the ring for how many years now? Like three or four or something. And I mean, dude, I all I know is I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to be rude and I'm not trying to pick on him. His eyes look fucked up. His eyes have always looked like he's cross-eyed. And even more glasses. so now. Yeah. Well, and yeah, he he doesn't even take off his sunglasses during the broadcasts yeah. that he's commentating. Like the guy, they're clearly not good. So it, it makes me really question how the fuck he got licensed to yes, fight in the first place. Exactly. And then boxing. secondly, you know, just the I'm just it doesn't sound like good decision making, but uh poor guy, because yeah, that was that was not the expected result for sure. But like, what is he planning to do? He, you know, especially in that weight division, he's not going to beat anyone. And I, I, I don't want to be mean either. But it's like, give it up. Like, learn your place now. Especially because, yeah, I get that he wanted to fight Tank, and that's very brave of him. But then, like, your health comes first, right? And that comes back to the maybe that mental health that we talked about earlier, the machismo, the pressure that men have to like be you know, kind of like these heroes or like kind of just go above and beyond because he was a, what, three division world champ or something like that? Wasn't he or just one? Bantamweight, 100, yeah, yeah, bantamweight to 126, right? Right, so it's like, you did good, my dude. Like, you had a good run. So why are you trying to do the most? Like, it's your health should come first, right? But like I mentioned with not just men, but like you throw in the, the culture, the Latino culture, and it's like, okay, well, Men don't really care about their health like that. They rather work on themselves on their own. And it's like, oh, I, I hope he listens to his wife and just be, you know, I'm pretty sure he's a great dad. He's pretty good, like as a commentator. I don't mind him. So I was like, just try he's to fine. be yeah. there, you know? Yeah. You know, I but I can't but I understand like him looking on from the outside looking in and commentating. Maybe he's like, damn, I kind of want to be fighting. So it's definitely a thing. So the thing with them commentating, these commentators that are still young is that like they go out there and they watch this and they start getting the itch really, really quickly again that they think they can go back there and do it. Like Jerry Corey had that issue. That's when he came back in 77 and got his ass kicked against Zanon um, before he won. And then like you move on to like the 80s and up until even recently too, like Paulie when he was there trying to be a commentator, then he would step up and just get absolutely annihilated by whoever PBC pushed against him. Or um, <sighs> then he like just went and oh, shattered his too, hands no? and bare knuckle. Oh, yeah, that too. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. My mind um, forgot that existed. It's like a fever dream. So, and then who else was there? I'm, I know I'm I know I'm having like a brain fart with a couple of other guys from the past. It's Algeri too, right? Didn't Algeri get his yeah, Algeri, yeah, yeah, decided yeah, to get a little yeah, he came out of semi, I guess. I don't know if he officially retired, but he was out for a while and then he came yeah. back. He's Being been commentating. Yeah. He's he's pretty good at commentating too. Yeah, yeah, I love him on oh, top. Christina, all yeah. these guys are really insightful for the most part. There's a couple of idiots on the on the mic that just shouldn't be behind it, but for the most part, 
all these former champions are really insightful and they're really well and they you know bring an aspect to the game because yeah. they clearly you know from from the experience and all that but if they're young enough and they still feel that they got something to prove and they got whatever and like rocky talked about that little thing in his stomach you know mm-hmm. the bug in them that they want to let out and they watch enough of these fights where they start thinking you know what i can come out of retirement and do some damage myself if i really wanted to that's what happened you know a lot of that happens and then they have the name and that's the problem is that like Mares, uh, what what fight what round, what round um what division did this fight happen in it was lightweight lightweight so yeah. eventually he's aligned with pbc he's aligned with showtime comes back i mean this fight was a draw but like if he comes back again it has like a win or two just because of his name he's going to be used in a high profile like fight. Isaac cruz or something yeah, like that somebody you, know? Has like you can see that happening beat him to someone yeah Oh. And just because he has the name and someone's going to whoop his ass and he's not going to, it's not going to be necessary, but you know, at this point, that's what probably the end game is going to be unless he decides, you know what, maybe this ain't the best for me or his wife, you know, definitely um, tells yeah. him. Yeah. I would wager that that's probably a more, more likely result because she looked pissed, dude. She looked yeah. super pissed and, and rightly so, because that was, that was not super easy to watch the last few rounds. Cause he was just running. He was like, I'm out of here, dude. So yeah, um, but no. It, overall, I thought it was a pretty good card. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Um, like I said last week going in, I really wish that they wouldn't automatically go from like, oh, if it's a pay per view, then it's got to be eighty bucks. Like, why can't it be like forty or something? You know, like it'd be like twenty five, like in the UK. Something. But especially uh, if it's not like a championship fight, like why doesn't it cost that much? It, it's tough to justify. I don't know. Well, and then again, though, they just released the the attendance figures today and said that there was like more than 14,000 in attendance. So it's like, uh, I miss free boxing for all. Fuck. Because so it, it was cheaper to go than to freaking get the pay-per-view probably. I didn't pay. I think I paid like 50 bucks for my ticket and I wasn't far at all. I was like in the second. Bowl. Well, and if you can go, that's worth it because that's yeah. live boxing is different. But mm-hmm. Just remember yeah. all the fights when PBC first popped up and everything was just on NBC and ABC and the other networks and they would just do that. Can we just go back to that again? That was free nice. Boxing. Those free boxing for that all teachers nice. that they're passing out to people. <laughs> I'm all for free. And everyone, and, and then as, what's so funny is that like boxing Twitter back then was getting pissed off that the boxing that they were putting all <laughs> these fights on for free on TV. Yeah, they were TV. mocking the fact that it was free. And now yeah. it's like, uh, and now that you got sure. paid for, now they're like flipping out again. Yeah, Never you should have shut happy. the fuck up, you jerks. Yeah, well, but I mean, that's a goal for everybody. Like again, again, like for the people that don't agree about this being on pay per view, I totally get it because I don't agree with it. But um, it's just, it is what it. I don't know. It's yeah, possible. It, it's better than taking up the slot that somebody else could be in, I guess. But at the same time it's also a way for them to get a direct gauge of what these, what these fighters popularity is, you know, not in LA, obviously, because it sounded like it was well attended, but they're going to know real quick how many people really care about watching Andy Ruiz and Luis Ortiz. So in any case, um, I think there's far more overall hype going toward and and, you know, hype that should be hype this weekend. Um, there have not been too many all women boxing cards, in general, there have been some, but there haven't been that many. They're notable when they happen because they haven't been that there haven't been that many. But more importantly, too, we have a number of women fighting this weekend um, on ESPN Plus, and I mean, I, I forget where else it's being distributed, like the Sky, I want to say, in in the UK. But um, it's a ca- card between 
you know, two competitive fights, top women's fighters, and then the two main fights on the card are for the undisputed championships in their respective weight classes. So, I mean, this is, it's big. It's good, obviously, that the trend is going in this direction. No question. And they all hate and, each other. I know, yeah. that also makes it even better. There's like, legitimate, these are real rivalry, yeah. and it's real competitiveness. Like, what more can you want? It's, like, they're it's really talented, cool. both of them. All, you know, especially the, the main four, right? They're very, very talented. Champions, they hate each other. Like, drama, you got everything. It's it's amazing. I, I love this for women's boxing. It's historical in itself, yeah. It's awesome to see where the sports come from. It's, you know from its early stages, from the respect that it's been just clinging to try to get over the years and just recently started to obtain uh, to the point where it's at now. And for a card like this to happen in men's, and especially too, if you think about the importance of this, like if you want to put in comparison how big this is, this would be, I don't, off the top of my head, I can't think of like who you'd match up, but this is like, think of like the top five, you know, six, 10 pound for pound guys in the, in the world. And you're taking two guys from each division, pound for pound guys, just putting them together in undisputed fights. When have you seen that happen in men, like men, in a, on a card? Yeah, it very doesn't very happen rare. very often. Doesn't happen, you know. And if it was, you'd have to pay you out the ass for it. But like yeah. the woman to watch this on women's uh, for their sport and to see this on ESPN Plus, uh, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's a long it's time really... coming too. These fights took a minute to make, especially yeah. the men. So I was just about to say, yeah, that. Um, the one of the other cool things about this is that they've had time to kind of marinate a little bit, which means that it, there's obviously been a narrative or like a clear line of uh, rising popularity yeah. for women's boxing. So it's been happening and it's been kind of working toward this I think moment. They waited a really, you know, that was nice in the marinating because I think first they normalized seeing women's boxing and more typical cards. ESPN had Michaela on there. You know, Golden Boy does really well at putting women, you know, back when Sinisa was with them and Marlene and they have Yacosta um, Valle and then they have uh, Sulem, right? So like they do a very good job of, of you know, Eddie too, of putting the, the women in the cards, mm. even as co-mains. So we're like, you get used to seeing that and, and getting used to the fact that like women fights are not boring. You know, I've seen plenty of boring ass men fights and I don't really ever see much you know obviously on boxing Twitter you see people oh shit was boring but not to the extent that you see women's boxing get dragged you know and and I think now that you know we have the Michaela's of the world the you know um Serrano all, all of these women like kind of getting at the top obviously uh Sanisa and Clarissa like you know their names and and it gets you interested more on on like their story and and the background is just I'm, I'm really excited for that card who are you guys picking for for that for those cards i don't know man. i'm i'm the be those are competitive fights it, it's really tough like the first fight the the main event shields and and marshall like the it's you know shields obviously feeling that she has something to prove this is the only loss that she's taken in the ever as a pro amateur in boxing and like Marshall just has this air of arrogance about her. She's had it since she was a pro and the way she kind of looks at Shields and how she feels about her, calling her pillow fists and all this other stuff. And yeah, Shields isn't a hard puncher. Maybe if there was three minute rounds, she'd score more knockouts, but she's more of a volume puncher, um, a volumist. And like Marshall, obviously to her credit, she does have power, which is kind of rare in women's boxing, but like 
she, you know, has proven that she can flatline someone and just absolutely just cold cock a girl. And um, their style, and they have like a style that you think could mesh well. Like Shields is like, you know, high volume. Marshall is kind of like a laid back, more of a counter puncher, but is dangerous with the shots that she throws. And as, as the rounds go on, she adapts more to her opponent and starts, you know, really working her style. And um, I, I think Shields' activity will, could see this day. But I could definitely see Marshall clipping her at some point, too. So I think Shields is going to win a close decision, but I think she might taste the canvas at some point. Either she way, against it's Gabriel's, so. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. And she's going to have to really score a dominating one, too, considering, you know, she's uh, fighting in enemy territory. Yeah, I, I have pretty much the exact same thing to say man like it's i i think that it's you're spot on uh clarissa shields is probably more skilled a little bit quicker a little bit sharper um definitely punches more in combination probably more of an active fighter than savannah marshall is um but savannah marshall does have legitimate punching power and she also kind of has that build you know, that kind of puncher's build that's where she's yeah, tall and lanky. Tall, yeah. mm-hmm. And you, you know, she doesn't look like much. She looks kind of she slight. that way where the arm down and is kind of like doing the herky-jerky thing. Yeah. She does, yeah. Man. She does kind of have a funky style. And so I think that she could be difficult to face because of that. However, I do also think that, you know, apart from the styles and the in-ring stuff, Clarissa Shields does kind of have a point with her shit talk where she's basically saying, like, look, dude, Savannah Marshall hasn't really done anything, and the only thing she's done has been living off that one win over me. And I, she's got her own pro career now. Savannah Marshall is a good fighter. But at the same time, um, in terms of doing things noteworthy, Clarissa Shields does have a point. Um, Clarissa Shields has put herself out there far more and marketed herself and done, you know, I, I think that she's made a lot of missteps and mistakes and I would really like to see her get a fucking PR person or something or like somebody to handle her social media or something. I mean, I, I do, I like her overall, but she needs to just, there are times when like, even me, I I've learned the hard way. Don't send that fucking tweet. And she's doesn't really seem to have have ever really learned that lesson. My exact sentiments, like Clarissa, you know, I think the intersectionality with her being both a woman and a, you know, black, like she oh, gets yeah. a lot of shit no. just because yeah, of no, things, don't get right? me wrong. Yeah, but yeah, also, yeah. like sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't keep defending you, Clarissa. Like, but she came out talking about, you know, yeah. gay characters and kids cartoons, or she just says random ass shit. And I'm like, oh, Clarissa, yeah. please, like just it's stop. it's the kind of shit where like if you had given me Twitter when I was like 19 or something like that, like you would I'm so thankful that shit was not around when I was 19. <laughs> so it would have been the most horrible thing. And people you know be digging up my tweets now. That's how I feel. And I'm like, oh, Clarissa, like, and that's mostly, you know, I, I, I believe she is more skilled. I feel like, yes, so Savannah Marshall punches hard and she's proven it with, with, you know, with her opponents. But I do think that I know the, the, you know, the pool for the division isn't the best, you know, the most competitive, but I do feel like, you know, I, I do feel like Clarissa has a better, the better resume. And I do feel like she accomplished more, like you mentioned, and she did the MMA, which maybe she took a loss, but I feel like that's strength. It's strengthened her, like, I guess, conditioning and, like, the how the punches she takes. I'm, I'm hoping that she wins and that she's able to avenge that loss. Because, like, oh, my God, I watched the trash talk the other day. I was fucking cracking up because she's, like, like amateur shit. She's, like, why are you talking about that? That's, like, the only thing you, you have to be proud of. Like, you're a pro now. 
And the only thing he had to be proud of is beating me like in 2016 or something like that. She's like, what is up with that? And I'm like, oh my God, Clarissa, like she's right. Her shit talk game is up fucking here. And and I felt bad because when they're like, oh, do you want to shake hands? And then like Savannah's just like, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, freaking Clarissa looks so intimidated. And she's like, what do you want to do? And Savannah's like, I'll shake. And then they shook hands. <laughs> That was like the most hilarious thing. I'm like, damn, she's like dog walking her already. So I know I would I would just want to see a great fight. I would love to see Clarissa give a boxing lesson, but I would also love to see her on the fucking canvas just because chaos are chaos are fun, right? But I don't know, man. I don't know. And and you know, Bumgarner and 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 uh, what's her name? Oh my god, fucking my Michaela Mayer. Michaela, right? Same yeah, thing yeah. kind of there. Like Michaela said some shit that I'm just like, oh, like typical white woman shit. But she's very skilled. Like she is so skilled, and she is a great fighter. I love her style. And then you have Bumgarner, who also says some dumb shit. The other day she said some pick me shit. Like I don't need three minute rounds. I- alluding to that, she can knock you out faster. But I'm like, bitch, like you got people over here, like women advocating for three minute rounds and you want to be a pick me and say i don't need three minutes like no i get it you get knockouts i get it and i love your style but please don't say shit like that but that one's hard to pick i i do think i'm i'm edging for michaela just because she has the better resume and the more accolades at that at that weight class but i think that's going to be fun just because they don't like each other so that one's going to be fun and aggressive oh they really hate each other they yeah, really do I, I mean it's i think the build-up for that one's been even more fun then um, she'll Marshall because Marshall, like you said, all she has been going on has been talking about her amateur win and Colin Shields' pillow fist. Like Baumgartner and Baum, am I saying the last name? Baumgartner and um, yeah, yeah, and um, and Mayor are both like elite trash talkers. Mm-hmm. So the way they've been going back and forth and uh, on Twitter, oh my god, yeah, oh my god, man, they absolutely hate each other. And then like. Now that they finally face to face and they've seen that the little interactions that they've been having absolutely hilarious. Like when they shook hands, oh, you will squeeze my hand, squeeze my hand. Ooh. Like that had me crack up laughing. Um, and like some other stuff, they've just been going, you know, when they talked about the whole dog walking thing, oh, yeah. they're like, oh, you call me a dog walker or are you a dog? What was it? What's this? <laughs> yeah, that's so. Did you guys see when uh, Andre Ward was with Michaela? No. Andre Ward was with Michaela, and then Tim Bradley was with Bumgarner, and they were, like, FaceTiming each other. It, that one's really good, too. It's on Top Ranks YouTube. That one's fucking funny, too, because they're just talking shit to each other through FaceTime, and, like, the cameras are capturing it. It's just so hilarious. I love this. I love this women's boxing. It's so exciting. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. I think, Ali, you said, Ali, I think that, like, um mayor's overall pedigree from being a former olympian mm-hmm. from you know her the pro career that she's had she's been built up well she's at top ranks backing so even though female boxing is a little bit different in terms of matchmaking she's still been built up well and mm-hmm. overall her experience too like since she's become champion and the in the fighters that she's had to fight since then like she had to go through hell and back with hamadouche and yeah. uh, a couple other fights so she's definitely battle tested um Baumgartner, she losing, you know, she's lost. But aside from that, in the, in the opponents that she's fought, you know, her biggest win is Terry Harper, and that was a huge win. I mean, mm-hmm. that was definitely a huge upset. But um, I just think the overall class of, she- of Shields, of um, Mayor, will probably see through. But I, I'm really excited, man. It's like high drama. Baumgartner is definitely going to bring the heat, and she has enough power to them. Yeah, I'm going to be definitely curious to see how Mayor handles it because um, – okay. 
I thought she was hurt a couple of times in her, a couple of her fights. Yeah. Like she, she held it well and she didn't go down and she, you know, she preserves or whatever, but like she can be touched. I mean, she, and she's aggressive too. And she, if she wants to get in there and try to like, you know, um, have a firefight, that's definitely going to go in Alicia's uh, favor. So favor mm-hmm. should be good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think some, something that you had said, Lily was kind of funny. I do think that, Michaela Mayer almost does have a little bit of that, like Karen in her. If I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna be, be honest, too. she does gotta I get. Think one get... time she just, I, I, it was a while back, maybe like a year or two ago, but she said something like invalidating like a fighter, a woman fighter of colors, like experience. And I'm like, oh, that didn't say right with me. But she, you know, I'm like, whatever. She's she's a good fighter. I never seen her say anything really out of pocket. It was mostly just that. Like I remember seeing that. I was like, ah, oh, that's that's typical shit. But she's great like I, I love her style and like Adi said like she does come forward but it almost opens her up to be countered and and to be countered by someone like Bumgarner who's like so feisty I feel like that's gonna be entertaining and they don't like each other I think that's the best part because whether you know this I'm not saying they're emotional women because men get in this trap too where they're angry they get in there and they just want to hurt you and then you know it kind of backfires and I feel like this is something that they both have to watch their emotion and be more tactical than get really in their feelings you know because those feelings are strong you can tell it's not for show it's not fake if they're not trying to build up anything like those girls don't like each other and it's like waiting after school for the two girls to fight like (laughs) behind the 7-eleven trash can it's like that like i can't wait (laughs) i I actually remember like a couple years ago i want to say maybe about three or four years ago alicia Baumgartner. she followed me when she had like not long after she turned pro the boxing history account that is Mm. And I remembered, like, I followed her back because uh, I like following fighters and stuff like that. And I kind of paid attention to her career. I'm not going to lie and be like, I'm a Alicia Baumgartner, like, expert or something. But I do remember following her career enough to know that maybe about two years ago or so, she really badly hurt her knee. And she wound up having to have knee surgery. And I remember at the time she was saying that she didn't really think that she was going to be a fighter again. She knows she's going to fight, blah, blah, blah. And uh, obviously she recovered and she's, so I think that, I think that uh, she clearly has some mental strength. And that was something that going into the Terry Harper fight, I remember when we had done like a really brief preview of it, I had talked about, cause I was like, well, I'm not so worried or uh, I'm kind of worried about her uh, like mentally because I just on Twitter, similar to Clarissa Shields, she seems to tweet out a lot of stuff kind of like without thinking and you almost get like a little glimpse into her psyche and stuff like that. And some kinds of things, like I said, it's almost like you don't need to tweet every little thought that you have and and that kind of thing. And so I remember just kind of watching that and being like, yeah, I don't really know much about her. And I, it seems kind of odd. Obviously, I was wrong because she cold cocked Terry Harper and looked great doing it. Um, but I do think you have a point because I think that Michaela Mayer is pretty sharp. She's obviously gotten much better as a boxer in the mm-hmm. last few years. Uh, she's sharpened up her game for sure. Um, but she's hittable still, and Alicia Baumgartner can punch. So, I mean, there's a lot of, but the, the fact that we're even at, able to have this yeah. conversation that's kind of nuanced about like an all women's card, that's good in and of itself, you know, that we've been able to follow along the narrative and stuff. So, uh, I'm really excited. I think that Michaela Mayer probably is going to take a decision, but it's it's close to call. And I think that Clarissa Shields is probably going to take a decision over Samad and Marshall too. But I'm really looking forward to it. Think think about where it, where it's come from again, man. Like 
we've discussed before how women's boxing came from the 70s and the, the trailblazers um, back then with Marianne Trimiar and as much as the guys, a lot of people today will and, uh, hate it, Jackie Tonawanda. Um, <clears throat> moving on to, sorry, the way they lost, uh, lost it and how she got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, a bunch of middle-aged white dudes just losing their fucking minds. It's, I love it. It's great. She never had a fight. She never had a fight. She's not supposed to be in the Hall of Fame. They were even talking about it at the Hall of Fame during the weekend, still bitching about it, whatever. And yeah, I and knew they would. Of course they would. So, but then you move on to the 90s and you have like Christy Martin. I mean, this is like when women's boxing got very popular, but it was still considered like almost like a sideshow freak attraction to a degree. Yeah. You know, and, and, it was, and it was bullshit because like people love Christy Martin, but they just they, love, they, they just wanted to see them beat the hell out of each other. They still the bring up Christy Martin and Mia St. John, they're like, remember, they had the undercards, Christy Martin, Mia St. John, and Butterbean. It's like, dude, that's not the, what? That's not the same. What do you mean? No, and I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. We've come so we've come so far from the days of, don't get me wrong, when Christy Martin was a hell of a talented fighter. Kathy Collins was yeah, back I mean, yeah, there, right. there were definitely there, some there straight so up There were so many of talented fighters, yes. Like opponents, but, like, but I mean, come on. Unfortunately, what was featured a lot of times on television was these talented fighters like Christy Martin or Deirdre Gogarty clearly beating up a woman who came in the ring and had no yeah. fights whatsoever, despite the stupid record that they some guy that made up with and gave it to her. So and of course the, people don't get on television and get cold cock. I mean, it still happens today. It happened recently on the uh, on the Dazone show with yeah, with that girl. Oh god, that was so bad. Fighting, but, Awful, yeah. But I mean, that's at least now that's few and far in between. That used to happen all the time back then. And now you think about it now that still the scraping for respect they tried to get the super fights that should have been made that wasn't made like Riker and Martin, like um and Ann Wolf against Layla Ali. And now we're at the point now where these fights now are starting to be made. The people are just looking at female boxing in a whole new light. Um, they're getting the respect that they absolutely deserve. The skill level is at a different level now than it's ever been. And yeah, things are just yeah. it's it's awesome. It's really, really great to see. It's like a whole different revolution that just came full circle now. Yeah, it's really cool. I really uh I really appreciate the promoters who have put in the effort and the sure. the work to to make sure we can see it. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend. And yeah, it should be a good show. Lily, I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time because I know you got out of work, you gotta brave that LA traffic, <laughs> then you gotta class up the show and appreciate it we're close to home so like i didn't i don't get traffic which is is the best part but no i i i always want to like talk boxing but i have like very little energy (laughs) sometimes and i'm like we talked about the mental health i i tweet my every thought unfortunately i'm like that so, you know, I am getting better and I'm still like kind of getting used to being on meds and, and kind of finding myself and in transition. So hopefully I can start, you know, being more of a part of a conversation because this is fun. I love talking to other people and and getting the other perspectives because, you know, I don't always claim to be right, but I love hearing other people's perspectives. And I love that you guys are historians, especially because then you guys know all the shit that I don't. So I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I always love those those conversations especially yeah well don't sell yourself short because you <laughs> held your own just fine in this discussion today <laughs> absolutely that was great having you yeah once you start getting to like the 70s and back um i don't know what's going on <laughs> like that i'm like oh, i don't know what to say about that i don't know i got i got into boxing relatively young but 
I lived in Mexico, so we didn't really have cable. We didn't have, I just knew the big names and then all the Mexican boxers, but I didn't know, like, you know, we got here in 2001 and my dad bought us like that black box back in the day, yes. right? And that's when boxing became accessible to me, like world boxing, like because we had HBO and pay-per-view and, and that's when I'm like, oh my God, there's all these weight classes. Oh my God, there's all these fighters. So, you know, everything after that came from me watching old fights and going back on YouTube and stuff. But, you know, like, you know, especially with both of you and then Corey and then, you know, Rich, I went to the boxing hall of fame one time and he's like oh yeah all this stuff and i'm like you know what rich i'm like i'm not gonna lie like all this black and white stuff i don't know who they are i'm like i'm sorry you gotta get me like from like the 80s and up mostly like i can't do all the black and white stuff but i would like look at it you know i don't mind it but it's it's exciting i i i love boxing and and it's one of the things that i feel like anyone can go like sometimes when back then when i was doing more media stuff we would get tickets or whatever and anyone wants to go to a boxing match because even if you don't know the background, the history, who are these guys? Are the champions? Are they not? You're entertained just seeing two dudes punch each other. So I yes. feel like everybody can get into boxing. And, and I know we are hard on the casuals like on Twitter, but I like casuals. I come in and, and, and sit and like watch this violence with us. That's why I didn't mind watching bare knuckle boxing the other time when we watched it because I'm like, what's not fun about seeing people punch each other? It's a little bit more brutal for my taste, but it's people punching each other like that's that's amazing I think it yeah. that. <laughs> well if uh if everybody and anybody who listens in or watches or whatever want to have a conversation with you about boxing on social media where mm -hmm. would they go um my instagram is billy ho saunders like billy joe it's a play of words like billy joe saunders but billy ho saunders i've been having this username for ever right forever for years and i remember when kifa canelo i got so many brits sending me threats like oh you're making fun of billy joe saunders i'm like i've had this username forever and like i had brits literally like send death threats to me because of my username i'm like i have We're nothing against that yeah i'm like i'm not saying anything bad about him it was just to play words and i had to like send that message easy response is tell yeah. your kid not to be punching people in the <laughs> dick the bro <laughs> someone beat that kid's ass yet by the way <laughs> well it's gonna happen sooner or later keep doing it what is billy joe saunders fighting anymore no right he's chunky now like he's retired right uh, yeah i guess someone uh, someone said he's back in training but who really cares oh. <laughs> i doubt it he's about to get that copyright infringement from lily if he gets back in the ring <laughs> yeah that too see like i'm gonna take over that that name well, and, and i saw that you also have been uh i mean it's kind of as you can but you've been posting some youtube videos lately too yeah yeah i want to get like on a rhythm but I, I, I like also watching sports like i, I watch baseball so sometimes i get home and i'm like oh, i kind of want to watch baseball and like, and then also, I just don't know what my style is. I never, I, you know, I'm more of a writer. I like writing. I like writing, but I know that people don't read anymore. So it's mostly video and I can't find a style. Like, do I want to do recaps? I want to just do like, I want to dive more into like analysis videos. And like you mentioned, like the mental health, like the intersectionality of outside impact on boxing, mental health, when it comes to men, right? Like I felt bad with Anthony Joshua. Because I'm like, I, I thought, I'm like, oh, my God, he's going crazy, right? And then after, I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is a mental breakdown. How, on, you know, it just happened in front of us. Right. And, and we're That's making fun exactly. of the dude. 
you know, I'm like, fuck, I said, oh my God, he's, you know, like, please take the mic away. Like, where's Kanye? But now I'm like, oh my God, like, that's how, that's our initial reaction to somebody having a mental breakdown. And it's like, fuck, like, we should be kinder. It's like, you know, with Ryan Garcia, with Danny Garcia, obviously Joshua, we talk about all this stuff, you know, and I kind of wanted, I wanted to make more videos like that, like videos of how outside, you know, things impact the boxing world. We talked about Clarissa, that intersectionality of like her being black and being a woman and how that kind of plays a part in why people, a lot of people don't like her. Um, I want to, <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, I don't know, you know, maybe now I'm rambling now, but I've been wanting to write about how the WBC keeps making these fucking indigenous people's belts. And I want to know how much of those sanctioning fees goes to the reparations for indigenous people. Like I did, I want to ask, like how much, like they'll be like, oh, we paid them. No, because Mexico's like super colorist. And like, we're proud of like, it, we put this facade of like being proud of our indigeneity, but it's not like they treat indigenous people like ass in Mexico, right? And it's like, how much, like, did you pay reparations? How much of this goes to those communities, to those indigenous communities? Or are you just paying these people for like, you know, like anybody to make a belt in that type? So like those type of things I want to bring up, but I sometimes I'm like, boxing's not the audience for that. They're not. They're going to kick my ass. <laughs> like, they're going to be like, get the fuck out of here, you know? But I don't know. I, I, like you mentioned, as I go and, and hopefully when the heat stops being this crazy, because, you know, you have lights, I have lights, and right now it's just too crazy to get, like, in front and be filming and stuff. So it's just, I don't know. I, 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 I'm I sorry. I just went on a fucking rant. I'm so sorry. Well. But my <laughs> but my page is Chicana Boxing with an X. X-I-C-A-N-A. Boxing. Sorry, I <laughs> I lost yeah, well, it. Well, as far as the WBC goes, I couldn't tell you where all that money goes. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell you maybe maybe they truly do uh maybe they truly do like get indigenous folks to oh, help or or some sort of I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they do get input or something, but I can tell you this. Even if that is true, I can tell you that they're still holding their fucking conventions at like resorts in Cancun which are largely white or European owned and are largely like, you know, like the people who work there and shit like that are indigenous people who get paid shit. Yeah. And then so, they're, they're, they're displacing people, the locals, indigenous locals. So yeah. It's so, I mean, you know, I, my, the point being that whatever good these belts purport to be doing or claim to be doing is probably fucking totally counterbalanced by the bullshit that they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis to fighters and also what they're doing apart from, you know, yeah. The, these these are not good organizations it's not unicef you know yeah. like, fuck these guys so yeah it's but no it's it's cool we're here for the rants that's that's what i do ask eris that look <laughs> he has right now is what he does when i call him a rant i just have to i just he just lets me go all the time so no it's that's what we're here for we're uh we appreciate you coming on for sure absolutely oh, and i appreciate the invitation for sure i i love talking boxing well, uh, like Lily said, go ahead and follow her on Instagram. She's also on Twitter too. She didn't mention yes. that. Yeah, madre, but I don't know how to. I don't know how to spell that. Right at the top of my head, I had a Q U E E R D E S M A D R E. But the madre is D E yeah S M A D R E. This madre. Yep, that's right. Spanish. Yeah. 
So she's on Instagram, Twitter, or go follow her, subscribe to her YouTube channel, Shikana mm-hmm. Boxing. Yes. And of course, the Knuckles and Gloves podcast. If you listen to it, please subscribe on whichever app you listen to. Leave us a comment. If you watched, hi, thank you. And subscribe on YouTube. Very much appreciate that. And as far as social media goes, we're on both Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But then individually, Eris and I are also on Twitter. Eris is there as Punch Zone Eris. I'm there as Patrick M. Connor. Hopefully, we'll see you there. Lily, thanks again. Everybody, take it easy. Good one, yeah. Thank you, guys. I is, you, you work for CompuBox, you said? Yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.